The Happy Pair podcast is sponsored by Instant Brand and they're offering you 20% off their full price items until the end of February. Simply use the code HAPPYPAIR. Click the link below in our show notes. Do you have a heart? I imagine you do if you're listening to this. The leading cause of death nowadays in the Western world is still heart disease. It's heart attacks. Today's guest is Dr. Joel Kahn. He's one of the leading cardiologists in the world. He's been a cardiologist more than 30 years. He's called America's Healthy Heart Doc. He himself has eaten a plant-based diet for more than 47 years. He's, he's treated, a university professor. And he's treated thousands of people with heart attacks and stents and all the various things. He's an interactive medicine doctor. So he deals with actually preventing, how to prevent heart attacks. So today we deal talk about lifestyle, how lifestyle, how diet and lifestyle greatly impact heart disease. Stents, statins, what kind of tests you can take to understand where you're at in terms of heart health. He talks about how heart health really, uh, plaque develops a lot earlier nowadays. So the importance of adopting these lifestyle factors is so, so, so important. He talks about how the number one symptom of heart disease is death, sudden death. If that doesn't scare you, this is a really important podcast to listen to. It's really empowering. It really does remind you the importance of eating a whole food plant-based diet. Heart disease is the biggest killer in the world today. And we've partnered with Dr. Joel Kahn. He's one of the leading cardiologists in the world, America's Healthy Heart Doc, to bring you our Happy Heart course. It's starting on the 26th of February. It's a four-week program based on whole plant foods. Myself and Stephen do all the delicious recipes. And Joel talks about all the things that you need to do to improve your heart health. It really is an amazing program with live events where you can ask your own questions, Done over four weeks. It starts on the 26th of February and it ends four weeks later. An amazing program. Full details down below. The Happy Heart course is the first course we ever ran. And the main reason is that heart disease is the biggest killer in the world. To date, we've had over 15,000 people do our class. And we've seen remarkable results that really does help not only stop people's heart disease, but actually reverse their coronary artery disease. And this is with measurements, scientific measurements. This course really does work. We've partnered with cardiologist Dr. Joel Can because we're not doctors, we're not scientists, we're chefs. We hold your hand in terms of the food. Joel hands, holds your hand in terms of the science and what you should do in terms of reversing your coronary artery disease. He's America's healthy art doc and one of the leading cardiologists in the world. He has a lesson, 20 lessons throughout the course, and he will do live events to help answer your questions. It's an amazing opportunity, a four-week course starting on the 26th of February to really improve your heart health. To sign up on the course, click on the link below. Joel Can, absolute pleasure to have you. It really, really is. We love you. You're wonderful. Woo, 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 woo. Well, great answer. <laughs> you could just go back and forth with accolades because I love everything you do and you've done so long. But uh, let's go fire people up about heart health because it still is new data, number one threat to your health. And the tricky thing about heart disease is no warning. You know, actually, I don't know if you guys know this. The number one symptom of heart disease is dropping dead suddenly with no warning. And, For real. Uh, that's the number one symptom. Number two is tightness, pressure, squeezing. You can't breathe during your workouts. Number one is dropping dead. And, you know, I find dropping dead worse than cancer because you don't say goodbye. You don't kiss anybody. You don't have the family around. You don't have the priest or rabbi, the, you know, uh, the shaman or whatever you believe in around you to give you blessings. You're just on the bathroom. Usually you're on the toilet. I mean, that's where it happens. And it's just done. So uh, we can do better. And we're going to talk about right now how to do better. And, you know, prevention is number one. But if we can't prevent, we can at least find it early. Wow, and yeah. uh, 
wrap a lot of love around people that got sideline heart disease. It's the number one health problem uh, worldwide. And in fact, Ireland gets a lot of credit for bringing awareness to the world. And you can ask me, why did he say Ireland gets a lot of credit? But you do. What are patients, like what are people who you see on a daily basis? What are, What's the average person coming to you with? Is it that they, they've got elevated cholesterol or they've got, you know, high LDL cholesterol? What, what do you deal with on a daily basis? And it could be anything. It could be a rhythm palpitation, heart failure. But most commonly, it's one of two things. I'm concerned because of my cholesterol, my blood pressure, or my mom, dad, brother, sister situation, and they don't have any data. Or they've gone and gotten some testing. For example, a CT scan. Everybody should have around age 45 called a heart calcium CT scan. I order so many my prescription pad is pre-printed so I can just whip these off and you know send them to people worldwide. Like I was telling you, I uh, just ordered testing on a lady in Laos and Bangkok and mainly United States, Canada, I mean, wherever I can help people worldwide. That's, um, that's a calcium CT testing score. Calcium CT test. And- How does that know, work the, and what does that do? That'll measure the calcification yeah, in your blood, so in your arteries. If you arteries. think about this, I really want everybody online here to listen. You know, the medical system worldwide says around age 45 or so, women get a mammogram, or if you're anti-mammogram, you get a thermogram, uh, you get a colonoscopy, or there's a new poop test called a Cologuard that some insurance programs pay for. You get a finger up the butt in a prostate exam. You get a gynecologic exam for cervical cancer. So we screen for about four cancers. And you walk out of the doctor's office and you think, I didn't get an EKG. They did take a blood pressure. They told me my cholesterol is 212 and eat a few more salads, but they didn't check my heart. Nobody checks the heart. It's not part of the medical system. And indeed, this test called the heart calcium CT scan. And what is it? You lie in a stretcher, you go in a tube. It's not claustrophobic, not a needle, no injection, no allergies, no exercise. You hold your breath for five seconds and you're out of there. In the States, if you live in Texas, some people call it the country of Texas, it's free. If you go to Cleveland, Ohio, there's a university hospital that will do it for free. But most places, it's about $99 American. And in Ireland, I can't tell you for sure. And the next day, your doctor gets a report because you usually do need a prescription, unfortunately. And, uh, and the prescription and the result comes back zero. You've had no calcium detected in your three major heart arteries, and you're 99% confident you're in great shape for a period of time, let's say five years. Like a colonoscopy, you might go back and do it again. I had my first CT at age 40. I was a zero. I'd been vegan then already 22 years at age 40. I did it at 50, stayed at zero. I did it at 61, stayed at zero. And that's pretty good, you know, confidence. My wife at age 50 was a zero and at age 63, she just repeated it remains a zero. That's really good reassurance. That's like a clean colonoscopy, a normal mammogram, a normal PSA and prostate exam. The problem is I don't think 2% of doctors in the United States take out their damn script and write for it. And it's available all over the place, you know. Hundreds of hospitals offer it. They just don't promote it. There's obviously not much money in it if it costs 75 bucks 
and it's a two million dollar CT scanner, but it's a service they provide. And and is it is it zero to hundred or zero to ten? What is the scale? zero to the highest I've ever seen is about six thousand, literally arteries of bone. I'm surprised when the, the guy uh, went over to tie his shoes, you didn't hear crunch, crunch, crunch. Um, there are people that have talked about ten thousand. You don't do it if you've had a bypass surgery, a stent, a heart attack. You know you got a problem. We're talking about the unknown, the silent, the walking wounded that are at risk for dropping dead. I mean, uh, one of my patients yesterday, <laughs> sadly, bought a, a barbecue shop in Detroit area right before COVID. And restaurant business are tough, but you know, since COVID with no employees, they want to work or they want to work for a large amount of money per hour to wash dishes, which is nice for their family, but very hard for the business, bottom line. Um, about eight years ago, he had a calcium score at age 53. He's type two diabetic and hypertensive and high cholesterol. And sadly, he's actually on a plant-based diet. We haven't corrected all his medical problems with a plant-based diet. His wife is really on top of things and makes him do that. And, you know, we talked, man, you're at risk for that dropping dead thing. So eight years later, it was time to recheck and do all the testing. And it can go up to the thousands. The reason Ireland gets a <laughs> is there is an Irish Heart Foundation, I think is the name. Yeah, yeah. And they funded a movie and the movie's online. And, you know, everybody right now is watching, as we discussed before, You Are What You Eat on Netflix, which is a fantastic four-part documentary featuring a eminent Stanford researcher with a PhD, Christopher Gardner, one of the top top most respected scientists in the world on nutrition. And that eight-week study showed that a plant-based diet performed much better than a uh, comparative clean diet in a twin study. So you had twins, one ate plant-based, one ate uh, omnivore diet. Uh, you took genetics out of it because they were identical twins. Kind of a neat setup. Is it a perfect Clever. study? Was it a 10-year study? Did it involve 4,000 people? No. It's so hard to do nutrition research long-term. But anyways, there's that online. But there's another documentary called The Widowmaker Movie. And it is a, a shot in the United States and Ireland. It's funded by the Irish Heart Foundation. You know, it should be required listening when you're 30 years old. You should have to watch the Widowmaker movie and you'll go run and ask your family doctor for that prescription to get a heart calcium CT scan. And then if you're zero, you don't go out there and have a cheeseburger. You keep doing the plant-based diet and your fitness and don't smoke and get your night's sleep. But if you come back like so many of my patients that, you know, they're at statistically, you got the 95th percentile, you know, for age, Almost all their peers have a better score than they do. We do blood work. We talk about diet. We make sure they go to the dentist. We make sure they learn how to sleep. Uh, We make sure they work on their weight and, of course, uh, get them a fitness protocol. And we treat them. And we certainly, I introduce them to who's Ornish, who's Pritikin, who's Esselstyn, who's Furman, you know, uh, what's What the Health, what's Forks Over Knives, what's the Game Changers movie. And I guess now I'm going to start telling them to watch You Are What You Eat on Netflix. And uh, we wrap a couple supplements that have science. There actually are supplements. It's not all expensive urine. Uh, there are science behind some supplements. And they need prescription. They need prescription. But even, thank you, Irish Heart Foundation. That's a good one. Good shout out to the Irish Heart Foundation. Um, the, uh, just even in terms of the supplement thing, like, uh, like 
you know, we'll certainly know of B12 and D3. Are there other ones that you would recommend for heart health and general health that people should be taking, yeah. anyone listening? There generally isn't a day that goes by that I don't use an instant appliance, whether it's my instant Vortex air fryer or whether it's an instant pot itself. I use them every day because they save me time and they're quick and easy and efficient. Um, so much so that we've partnered with them now and they're offering you 20% off their full price items until the end of February. Simply use the code HAPPYPAIR. They also have a number of other products on special when you check out their website. They really are amazing. Great time-saving kitchen appliances. Well worth checking out. Yeah, since you have a big vegan audience, and you know, this is, you know, controversial. You've got Dr. John McDougal, who even questions the need for checking and taking vitamin D, whereas most health experts would tell you, at least check your blood level with your doctor and maybe take extra vitamin D or eat a whole lot of mushrooms, which do provide some vitamin D, which is great. Get sunshine when you can. Um you know, and of course, B12 in the vegan world, I think it's essential. Almost everybody agrees with that. And if you want to, you know, go countercultural, at least get your blood level checked to make sure you're not walking around deficient in B12. Not good for your blood counts. But if you're deficient in B12 because of your vegan diet, you're going to do a bad job for the vegan movement. You're going to give us a bad reputation because there's a blood test called, there's a molecule in the blood called homocysteine. It's been identified for 50 years, but it's kind of a hot topic right now. H-O-M-O-C-Y-S-T-E-I-N-E. It's a simple blood test, $10. Any doctor can order it. And if you're B12 deficient, your homocysteine goes up and it can injure your arteries. It's one of the causes of coronary artery problems that can be easily treated with adequate B12. And then it comes right back down. So um, you can you know, eat nutritional yeast and nori rolls and there's a couple of green vegetables. There's a really cool green vegetable from Israel called mankai, M-A-N-K-A-I. You can buy occasionally online, like throw it in a smoothie. It's a little green cube. It has some B12, even though it's a, a vegetable. We don't think there's many in the plant world. Um, and, you know, we do all that stuff. But when you talk about, so vegans might consider iodine, either eat seaweed or kelp flakes. I put kelp flakes on my food, source of iodine. It can be, nobody's eating iodine salt anymore. And I would suggest you don't add iodine salt to your diet. Iodine's an issue. Um, selenium shouldn't be much of an issue. It's an important mineral for thyroid health and others. You know, eat a couple of Brazil nuts, but you know, it's just not a common habit to eat Brazil nuts. Um, those are the biggies. But when you talk about, you said heart health, there's yeah. a really bizarre little piece of data. I'll just say too, that, if you take a bulb of garlic and you let it sit for two years, it becomes aged garlic. It gets all dried and dark and shrunken. And it turns out if you make a powder of that and put it into capsules, so it's aged garlic capsules, there's many human studies, forget all the basic science studies. I mean, there's hundreds of studies. Your immune health is better. Your homocysteine goes down. Your blood pressure goes down. Your cholesterol goes down. And a remarkably, at a famous medical center, UCLA in Los Angeles, your plaque in your arteries go down. So wow. I put every patient of mine on aged garlic capsules. Most of them are made by one company called Keolic, K-Y-O-L-I-C. I don't have any conflict there. Uh, they have vegan versions. I use one called Keolic Formula. 50. I take it myself, even though my arteries are clean because there's so many benefits. And people say, but I eat a lot of garlic. Do eat garlic. It's really, uh, it should be one of the G-bombs. 
even though G is for greens, Dr. Joel Furman, my friend, but G could be for green slash garlic. But this aged garlic is a different beast. So I have all my heart patients, you know, I feel like I'm a, a voodoo shaman, but in it's it's pennies a day. That's the nice thing about aged garlic. It's very inexpensive. Jeez, that's a good one. That's and a good one. A couple others. Yeah, it's kind of a neat one. There's almost no reason not to add some aged garlic because there's really science behind it. That's where people don't realize, you know, when people say vitamins are expensive urine, I say, yeah, but let's talk about CoQ10, huge science, which is another one that's a little tricky to get in a vegan even, diet. Even Joe, can I interrupt you there and bring you back up a little bit? So for anyone no, who's listening, no, please, no, I'm sorry. Not please, please, not you. Okay, for anyone who's listening and going, okay, heart health, you know, I'm concerned about, I know a little bit, I know like cholesterol, I've heard about cholesterol, I've heard I should have low saturated fat, you know, but I don't know the general bits. Could you talk a bit about cholesterol, saturated fat, and and what proportion do you think diet makes up in terms of the risk factors? So um, really quickly, but interestingly, at least in the United States, but it happened worldwide, there was a pretty big rise in heart attacks after World War II. In the United States, a lot of soldiers came back smoking. Everybody got free cigarettes. Uh, we started to get McDonald's. Women went to work, so home cooking kind of went down the toilet and all the rest. And heart attack rates went crazy. So like in the city of Minneapolis, Minnesota, in northern United States, they tracked heart attack rates in the 50s. Boom, 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 boom. Actually, in the late 40s and up. And then our government in the United States started studying this because um, President Roosevelt in the 40s died of high blood pressure and a stroke. And they wanted to know why do people get high blood pressure. And then our President Eisenhower had a massive heart attack in the 50s. So big money started coming from the government to fund research. We identified five things. Everybody should know five, but that's the big not five. Are you a smoker? Have your doc, has your doctor told you you got a blood sugar problem called prediabetes or diabetes? Do you have a blood pressure problem? You better own a home blood pressure cuff. Get yourself a Christmas present in January and February, March, a home blood pressure cuff. And then you have a high cholesterol, which is going to take a blood test. And then does mom, dad, brother, sister have early heart attack, early bypass? If you've got a father or a mother that had a stroke or heart attack at age 44, you might be at risk. So everybody now has learned from those studies that started in the 40s and 50s um, about the big five. In reality, uh, there's 20 more. And I'm not genius, I just read. And most of the 20 more can be checked with blood work. I mean, I walk around basically with lab slips. Look at all the, oops, you can't see, all these boxes that I check for patients. And I get about 20 more lab tests because genetics play a matter. And even if your mom and dad don't have heart disease, I'll just give one example. Everybody write this down, get your pen and paper out. There's a cholesterol called, it's a terrible name, lipoprotein little a, L-I-P-O protein, and then you got to make a lowercase a, usually in parentheses, also abbreviated LPA. It was a cholesterol identified, I think it was in Sweden in 1963, that's totally different than the one we all hear about, LDL cholesterol, low density lipoprotein cholesterol. Everybody has a liver, most everybody, that makes LDL cholesterol. Some of that's good. You need it for your vitamin D and you need it for your testosterone and all to make cholesterol. But when you got too much and if you've got other reasons your arteries are injured, we all know LDL cholesterol can go in your arteries and start to initiate plaque and blockage. And then you're, you know, you're in the newspaper as an obituary. 
But nobody knows that 20 to 25% of us can make two cholesterols, and it's not good to make two. The second one is called lipoprotein little a. It's completely genetic. You can eat broccoli sprouts all day long. That high level on genetics won't come down. You can go do marathons. It won't come down. In fact, there's no approved drug in the United States yet that lowers this genetic lipoprotein little a. And particularly the popular drugs called Lipitor, Crestor, Statins may be useful for regular cholesterol. They're worthless for lipoprotein little a. Niacin is a B vitamin you can buy in a vitamin shop, does lower it some. And the pharmaceutical industry is like kids in a candy store right now. They finally have identified there's about 2 billion people in the world with a high lipoprotein little a that might need an expensive drug. And they are working on about five different expensive drugs. And in about two to three years, they'll start to come out. They're going to be injectable uh, once a month, once every six months. And they are going to be very useful for sick heart patients. They're not going to be accessible to the public. But ask your doctor, I did the big five. I want to know my lipoprotein little a level. I want it once, just once. Particularly mom, dad, brother, sister had heart attacks, strokes. It also, this sucky little genetic cholesterol will clog up a heart valve. A heart valve is called your aortic valve. So if your mom or dad had a aortic valve replacement surgery, you might want to know if they had it because of lipoprotein little a and if you inherited it. And I'll just real quick, if somebody's right now, know your inflammation, high sensitivity C-reactive protein. Know that homocysteine level I talked about. I mean, if you get those and know your three-month blood sugar, it's called hemoglobin A1C. You'll be so far ahead of the game if you get the big five and about five more, even though I typically order more than five more. Wow. So and this will give you an overall picture as to how your heart is doing and whether you're kind of yeah, you know, in a good and position and your lifestyle and is it's, working. It's really indicative of your whole health, really, because your heart is really fundamental yeah. to human health. Right. And the question is, at what age? And, you know, 40, 40 to 45, something like that. Not too much later. You know, uh, don't wait till you're 65 to check these things. Um, we all know the earlier you identify and start working on it, the earlier you adopt your whole food plant-based diet and your fitness program and, um, you know, quit your smoking and focus on eight hours of sleep and all the essentials of health. Uh, go to the dentist, you know, every six months. Oral health matters. Well, wow. and then the he news today. We're all guys talking here. And in fact, of course, three guys talking. I think we talked about sex in the first one minute. Why? <laughs> A guy with a limp thing. You know what that limp thing is, guys. Limp or penis, erectile dysfunction, ED. Partners of limp guys. So don't call your guy limp dick. Call the cardiologist and say, my guy has a limp thing. Or the guy should call the cardiologist and get that heart calcium CT scan. Erectile dysfunction is not always a clue to heart disease, but it can be a blessing in that it can identify, oh my God, my arteries are aging and it just showed up below my belt before it shows up and kills me above the belt. And it all can be improved. And obviously a whole food plant-based diet is great for the heart, great for the brain, great for the kidneys. We've learned that lately. It's great for the kidneys and it's really good for ED and avoiding it. I mean, better not to have it than have it, right? Well, yeah, because some of our most, view our most viewed videos on YouTube are natural Viagra smoothie and a couple of ones like this. So there is a huge amount of people out there searching for cures. And there's a reason they call it beating off. It's B-E-E-T. Put them in your smoothies.
Oh, put beetroots, good ones. I like it. I like it. Uh, okay, well, let, let's let's talk about like um, diet, like so genetics. I genetics. Say, I really yeah. am a university professor. It's just you guys are great, and honestly, <laughs> you know, some of this stuff does require a little comic approach. So it's all good. I do. I love it. I love your approach. Um, like j- just in terms of like you said, genetics, like lipoprotein, little a, that accounts for about twenty five percent of you know, people have it. Like genetics might account for, would you say 30%? Would you guess something like that? Yeah. We used to say, you know, there are still some very eminent professors that talk about 92% of heart disease is lifestyle, 8% genetic. And um, other, you know, in the famous statement, some people credit Dr. Mehmet Oz of TV fame. Some people actually credit Dr. Carl Wasselston. The genes load the gun, but the lifestyle pulls the trigger. If you got some bad genes, you can uh, overcome it. You can't overcome lipoprotein little a. I'm sorry to tell people that. You need to deal with it separately from diet. You're not bulletproof with a vegan diet if you inherited lipoprotein little a, and that's 20 to 25% of vegans and other people. Um, But now you're right. Actually, I've read studies 30 to 40% of heart disease maybe on a genetic basis, plus lifestyle. It's a combination. But we've gotten better at checking genes. I do three, four of the big genes in blood work. But if you'll find a company that does a little cheek swab, you can get even more. You can get 20 different genes. It's estimated maybe 100 to 150 genes are active in developing heart disease. You don't need to check them all. Uh, but you might get a few. And uh, if you want a fancy word, it's called a polygenetic risk or, you know, check a few genes and improve your knowledge on whether, you know, you're at risk because those big five are nice, but there's people that don't have the big five diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, smoking and family history, and they drop dead. I mean, they're actually called Smurfs. There's actually a medical term like Smurf, but uh, it stands for something about no obvious identifiable risk factors. The Smurf group, it's very dangerous because they- they're pretty happy when they leave the doctor and it could be they women or they men, but they're not really protected. Well, and what about, can we talk about like lifestyle now about what people, anyone listening goes, okay, I get it. Testing super, super important. And, you know, you talked about, you know, the C-reactive protein test, the inflammation or inflammation C-reactive protein, yeah. the heart, yeah. calcium CT. You talked about a good few of them there, you know, hemoglobin, A1C, all those kind of type of tests. But what can people do at home who are listening and going, okay, I'd really like to take this into my own hands in terms of diet. Like, cause you've obviously, you're a cardiologist. Like you've, you've been a cardiologist for 30 years. You've been a plant-based diet for 47 years or something like this. Could you talk about what your research and what the research is and the link between heart disease and diet? Yeah. And um, let's do that. I mean, because, you know, I, I'm pretty open-minded in that I have been on many Um, forums where I've discussed or debated, whatever you want to call it, um, nutrition with carnivores, Dr. Sean Baker, the six foot six orthopedic surgeon who has a huge following of just beef feeders. And um, even a guy named Dr. Paul Saladino, who's a wild and crazy ex-psychiatrist, huge following. Um, He's a good looking guy with his shirt off. And that seems to convince people that means you're healthy. I mean, you look good. You may be healthy, you may be not. And I just debated a cardiac surgeon who teaches his heart patients to eat nothing but beef. Oh, God. And, you know, the one thing we agree on is one threat to your health is clearly 
the uh, 40 year uh, availability of processed food. Some people call it hyper processed food, junk food, fast food, frozen food, you know, frozen pizzas, mom's busy, dad's busy, kids are in soccer. And you know, you grab food on the run that somebody else made to make a buck, but not to keep you healthy. We all agree, you know, 60% of the calories in the United States come from those sources on average, a horrible number. You know, somebody's got to cook at home. And that's why all your great courses and recipes and videos are so essential because somebody's got to know how to just steam some rice now and then and make some beans now and then and chop a salad now and then and get real food back in the diet for kids and adults. Um, so, I mean, I'm open-minded, but when you really look at the science, I think it's fair to say that over 90% of the science since the 1960s favors a whole food plant-based diet. This latest research study with the twins and Dr. Chris Gardner is just one piece of it. And I mentioned a shout out to Dr. Neil Barnard and his research at the Physician Committee of Responsible Medicine out of Washington, D.C., where they also do randomized studies to um, uh, whole food plant-based diets for like 16 weeks or omnivore diets in Washington, D.C., for 16 weeks and just weight loss, insulin sensitivity, cholesterol, blood pressure. And when you really get to heart disease, you still got to go back largely to Ornish, Esselstyn, Furman, Mr. Pritikin. Um, but, you know, it's so supported by all the modern science that's out there. And, uh, you know, and, you know, lots of diseases like dementia, cancer and heart disease take years, if not decades, to fully develop. So, you know, you can do a meat-based study for eight weeks and show something or a year and show something. Uh, it's not long enough to look at those big things. So, you know, they need to do the same studies. And, you know, everybody likes to pounce on nutritional science. You know, we studied 100,000 doctors and nurses at Harvard that were in a database and had very careful nutritional analysis every four years. This is real this is dozens of research studies. And we identified that a healthy plant eating pattern was associated with less cancer and longer life and less heart disease. That's the Harvard the, nurses. Study. Harvard nurses and the physician's health study. But, you know, they show associations. These healthy diet patterns were associated with better health because you're not going to get 100,000 people to eat in two or three different ways and stick to it for 32 years, which is how long the Harvard health studies are, the Harvard School of Public Health. So you use what you can. You know, my favorite nutritional expert and Dr. Chris Gardner at Stanford is becoming one of them, but is Walter Longo, PhD, Italian born in LA and Milan now doing unbelievable research. But he talked about these, he calls it the five pillars of nutritional science. You know, you got to look at the basic science. I mean, the basic science suggests that the chemicals in plants and the fiber in plants um, power our health at a mitochondrial level and a cellular level. When you do animal studies, you got to look at epidemiology studies. You don't throw out 5,000 studies because they're not perfect. You Look at the trends. And when one study out of 5,000 says eat more meat, you say, but there's, you know, 4,999 that found a different finding. And you have to look at the big picture. He looks at centenarians. What does the average 105-year-old eat? And you can't look at all of Sardinia or all of Icaria, Greece. You got to look at the, the town that has the real data. And they have a heavily whole food plant-based diet. 
Um, and, uh, you know, they consider meat a luxury at Easter or uh, some other festival. It's infrequent for sure. And then you got to look at randomized studies if they exist, of which there's very few, but this Chris Gardner randomized study is the most recent. And then Dr. Longo looks at the big picture, like what does it do to the environment? And he doesn't talk much about animal rights and animal cruelty and factory farming, but you know, you got to consider that. So when you look at all five you know, pillars of nutrition, you know, whole food plant-based science just kicks butt. And I'm sort of a data freak. I have all these alerts, new studies on diet and nutrition every day, probably 30, 40 that I browse. And um it's overwhelming how you know, the 98% favor what you teach, what I teach. And, you know, I don't own broccoli farms. There's no, uh, you know, financial gain. If, if it was better to eat a different way, you know, uh, final word, the U.S. News and World Report, which is just a magazine, puts together a panel of about 40 experts, roughly, I think it were 48. And they just came out with their 2024 best diet list. And for heart health, the top four, number one, they always pick the Mediterranean diet because it's accessible and there is a lot of data. But what does that say? That says eat less red meat, eat more legumes and whole grains and fruits and veggies and maybe a glass of wine or not, maybe some olive oil or not, a little fish if you want. I don't do that, but you can. Um, but it's a very plant forward diet. Number two was the DASH diet, D-A-S-H, which is the same Mediterranean diet without salt, which is a good idea. Number three was Dr. Dean Ornish's diet, which is essentially completely whole food plant-based. And number four was the vegan diet, whatever you want to define that. Those are the big four heart healthy diets. So they all involve 90% to 100% plant diets. And, you know, Way down, number 35, 36, 37 was carnivore, keto, the Ducan diet, some of these wacko uh, programs that really lack science and could even be dangerous long term. Wow. Really, really. And do you, have you found that uh, eat, adopting a whole food plant-based diet can actually reverse the indicators for heart disease? Yeah, good question. And it, I'll give you a, an answer and a technological answer. You know, we have limited data. We have the wonderful randomized study by Dr. Ornish. And to his credit, the technique he used was patients in his study had something invasive called a heart catheterization to look at their heart arteries. And then he sent the pictures to the best place in the world. But this we're talking like 1988, a computer center that analyzed those pictures and measured how much blockage was in the heart arteries. And then one year and five years later, those patients actually volunteered to go through all that again, another catheterization. And he showed in one year and particularly five years, artery blockage decreased on a whole food plant-based Dr. Dean Ornish diet. Amazing data. Nobody's ever really questioned that it wasn't accurate because the technique and the co-authors were the best in the world. It's just 1990 and 1998 data. Dr. Esselstyn had a few stunning examples many of us have seen of artery reversal. Uh, but we don't have a lot. Then you have just people saying, my chest pain went away, my blood pressure came down, my cholesterol came down, I can exercise now, my leg pain went away. So you've got clinical data. And Dr. Furman has a lot of that. And Michael Greger talks about his grandma. You know, those things uh, are anecdotes, but they're important anecdotes. We now have a technology, and this is worth talking about. Somebody needs to pump in, I think the happy pair people, $50 million dollars. We talked about a heart calcium CT scan, quick little five-second test of your heart, but there's something better. 
And in the last three years, there's something called a coronary, that stands for our CT angiogram. You put in an IV, you don't have to go inside the body like Dr. Ornish does. You inject iodine. Iodine is a pretty non-toxic um, imaging agent that makes you feel hot for 20 seconds. And you go home with a Band-Aid. It'd be a one-minute test. But the addition of the iodine, you actually see the heart arteries like somebody went inside your body with a tube, but nobody went inside your body. And you can analyze the heart arteries, but now we've got that crazy thing called artificial intelligence, AI. And there are companies that can now analyze those CT images. And we're getting reports on living patients. You've got an 11% blockage and a 17% blockage, and this much of it is soft garbage, and this much of it is hard calcified blockage. Crazy um, quantitative numbers that are highly accurate. So now we could actually do studies more easily than Dr. Ornish because it's expensive and dangerous to do an invasive catheterization if you don't need one to actually, you know, ask interesting questions. Nobody's going to do this, but wouldn't it be neat to do, you know, 50 patients for five years, 25 do the Esselstyn diet and 25 do it with olive oil, avocados, nuts, and seeds. And we just end this crazy debate that only vegan doctors yell about. And I yell for nuts, seeds, avocados, and olive oil. I'm on that side of the fence, and I'm unpopular with some people because of it, but I base it on science. I don't own a vineyard in Greece, unfortunately. Yeah, we can do those studies now more accurately and cost-effective, so it opens the door. I haven't seen too many of these. The drug companies are using this new technology. If they can take a drug and in a year do a follow-up study and show plaque reversing, you know, it's more easily to get, you know, a large patient population by their drug or something. But, you know, us vegans need to go to uh, some wealthy vegans and fund some of these studies. 50 million. Okay. Uh, 50. Anyone out there, the 50 million. Who's the wealthiest vegan on the planet? We don't got Jeff Bezos on board yet. I mean, maybe one of these days, but yeah. I don't know. That's actually it. A list I've never seen. Wealthiest vegans in the world. I'll have yeah, to think about that. There. Okay. Could, could you talk about um, eggs? Because people listening might go, right, Joel. Okay. I'm into it. You know, I, I'm hearing what you're saying. It's very, like, it's very science backed. You're really, you know, you're hugely evidence based. I like eggs. Anyone listening might go, I like eggs or I like fish. Or, I've heard fish is good for me. Like, what are, what are your, what are your experiences and the evidence as a cardiologist in terms of eggs and fish? Mother clucker eggs. So again, you mentioned science. Um, when Dr. Dean Ornish designed his lifestyle heart trial, published in 1990, and he had a deal with about 50 patients in the 1980s, and he had to convince them to stick on this diet, you know, for the five years of the study. You know, there weren't any Whole Foods in the United States. There weren't any Trader Joe's. The accessibility of, you know, healthy whole food plant-based food was pretty limited. You were cooking at home. He allowed his patients to eat egg whites. It was an option. I'd never have seen data how many of them ate egg whites, how often they ate egg whites, but it was an option. And he still showed, so it was a plant-based diet with egg whites, and he still showed reversal of plaque. Um, so I tell my patients, honestly, I don't eat egg whites, but I'd rather you eat egg whites than add in, you know, uh, beef jerky or something else, uh, because at least there's some science that it Maybe the results would have been more stunning if he would have eliminated egg whites. There's not much reason to believe that. Egg yolk has an interesting twist besides a saturated fat in egg yolk, which, and of course there is cholesterol in egg yolk. Um, two eggs might have about 400 milligrams of cholesterol. 
It's a lot, but it's not a massive amount. When we talk about saturated fat, we're talking about how many grams a day do you eat of saturated fat? When we talk about cholesterol, we're talking in milligrams. There just isn't as much in the diet, which is why in the United States, our USDA um, has confused people by saying, eat as little cholesterol as possible, but they don't put a number on it anymore because it's not felt to be as big a threat to heart health as how much saturated fat we get from butter and cheese and marbled meats and egg yolks. But the twist on egg yolks is egg yolks are rich in a chemical called choline, C-H-O-L-I-N-E. And choline is important to our health and our brain health. But like many things, more isn't better. And if you eat a lot of egg yolk, you can create a chemical in your blood. Vegans don't do this. If you take a real vegan like us three, give us some egg yolk, and check our blood over the next 48 hours, we won't make a chemical called TMAO because our bugs in our gut don't remember how to do that anymore. But if you take an average Irishman or American off the street that's eating a standard diet, they've got the bugs and they'll make this blood chemical called TMAO. It is an available blood test. I've drawn it on thousands and thousands of people, um, probably worldwide it's available. And if your TMAO is elevated, we know that that attacks arteries and that can cause atherosclerosis. And we think it causes scarring of kidneys. And if you have a multitude of diseases from diabetes to brain disease, to heart disease, to cancers, and your TMAO is elevated, you seem to do worse than if you have a normal TMAO. And there's no drug right now that blocks TMAO. That's the dream of the Cleveland Clinic team. Uh, make some money from a, a TMAO blocker. The best thing to do is stop eating egg yolk. So I tell my patients that won't get on board with a vegan diet, we're going to check your TMAO. And if it's not working for you, we're going to take your egg yolk away. Um, so I would not advise egg yolk. And I don't think you need to do egg whites. Just eat lentils and legumes. And I'm not a big protein powder guy, but there's a million you know, organic vegan protein powders from pea protein and other sources. If you really want one, but you, you know, that's all overblown. And what, what about fish? And then you fish, yeah. Fish, you know, fish has this reputation that it's heart healthy because it's in the Mediterranean diet as the substitute for red meat and chicken. And people that actually follow the Mediterranean diet should be eating salmon instead of red meat and chicken. And the Mediterranean diet has been associated with better health than eating general crappy food. But if you really look for data on, you know, does fish in any way reduce atherosclerosis, you're not going to find much. You actually find a few animal studies that suggest the opposite, that fish might promote atherosclerosis. Fish also, some fish, cold water fish, uh, the world expert on TMAO at the Cleveland Clinic says fish sticks, they have TMAO in them. Fish make TMAO, not all fish, some fish. So you can get a high blood level of TMAO from eating fish and the anti-vegans point to that to say, well, fish is healthy and fish has TMAO, so TMAO doesn't matter. But in fact, it's not all fish have TMAO um, and there isn't actually that much data. I mean, fish may be healthier than a cheeseburger. I don't think anybody questions that. Maybe fried fish isn't healthier, but you know, a grilled piece of fish is healthier. And also a grilled piece of fish because you have broccoli and a salad around it may be a healthier choice than a cheeseburger, no doubt about it. But um, there's no magic properties about fish. The one other thing that fish provides is omega-3 fatty acids. And when you were asking me some of the vitamins a vegan might need, I should have included in the list that many, many humans are deficient in omega-3. We don't get taught 
omega-3 is important for the brain and triglycerides and cholesterol. And you can't make it. Humans can't make omega-3. Fish can't. No, fish don't. Algae do. Sorry. Algae do. Plants do. And uh, if you don't eat ground flaxseed and chia seed and hemp parts and walnuts and leafy greens, or maybe supplement with an algal-based omega-3, or eat some chlorella or spirulina tablets that have omega-3, you might be very omega-3 deficient. You know, Dr. Joel Furman, particularly, my friend, the, the two Joels, I'm proud to say some people call us that, um, and he's a great force in the healthy world, you know, has really been insistent that if you're a vegan deficient in omega-3, you're risking your brain health as you get older and older. So there is a blood test. Fish provide omega-3 and not all fish, the cold water fish, people call it smash fish, salmon, mackerel, anchovy, herring, and sardine. Um, and if people eat those and plants, it's a healthy diet. I have very smart colleagues that say, eat a whole food plant-based diet plus the smash omega-3 fish. Um, and they're not dumb, but I don't think you need to do it, but maybe you want to check your omega-3 level. I just put two tablespoons a day every day in my food of ground flax. I find it you know, pleasing and uh, easy and not expensive and it's good for your poops. And it turns out ground flaxseed lowers lipoprotein little a we talked about a while back. Uh, ground flaxseed lowers blood pressure. Ground flaxseed lowers cholesterol. Um, it's good for breast health, according to some data. So there's just a multitude of reasons to make that a habit. But, you know, you and I three should write a children's book. Santa brought me ground flaxseed and, you know, make a whole story about that. <laughs> in terms of the linkage between it'd probably be a kid crying why the hell did santa bring me two pounds of ground flaxseed <laughs> agreed uh, in terms of my kids wouldn't be happy with that one uh in terms of the linkage between fiber and say first of all so, uh, two parts this one the first one is the link between eating dietary cholesterol and it actually clogging your arteries and the second part of that is the link between fiber and removing cholesterol from your blood yeah, the second one's pretty clear cut that, you know, one of the advantages of a whole food plant-based diet done right is uh, way more fiber than the average American from all the crunchy produce we eat and the beans and the nuts and the seeds. So many, you know, there's no fiber in a steak. There's no fiber in a fish. And it's always plant-based structures. And fiber does lower cholesterol and fiber modulates and keeps your blood sugar down. And uh, fiber certainly uh, promotes the chance you're not going to get colorectal cancer. Uh, there was a famous uh, British scientist, Dr. Burkitt, B-U-R-K-I-T-T, -T, died long ago. But uh, he did studies in Africa about health, and he found many of them very healthy. They had a very high fiber diet. And he has a few famous, famous statements about you can judge the health of a country by the size of their bowel movement. You know, the bigger the bowel movement, the higher the health. Um, and it was all fiber. He was the one that really introduced in modern medicine, the idea of fiber, fiber, fiber. So, And, and is that one, on that one, in terms of the bowel movements, they say if it floats, it's better than it's sinking. And it being um, a, your bowel movement. just I've heard that. I uh, have to call a blank on quoting the source of that. Uh, I'll, just... I'll ask I'll ask ChatGPT now, because yesterday I actually asked ChatGPT, I said, what's the best diet pattern to reverse cardiovascular disease? And it was just a completely unbiased, I just asked the robot what it was, yeah. and it recommended a whole food plant-based diet. It said it had the most evidence for it. So this is coming from AI directly with no kind of previous prompts gone in. 
Excellent. And we should uh, make sure to share that widely that chat GBT is on our side. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the first part of your question wasn't about fiber. It was about dietary cholesterol. The consumption of cholesterol in your diet, does it actually result in elevated cholesterol? And thus elevating your risk of cardiovascular attack or disease. It is actually interesting. And now where do these ideas come from? In Again, this rise in heart attack in the 1940s, a scientist in Minneapolis, Minnesota, world famous, lived to age 100.5 and died in 1994, Dr. Ansel Keys, K-E-Y-S, PhD, PhD. He had two of them, one from Cambridge and one from uh, La Jolla Salk Institute, San Diego. Um, he proposed in 1953 that fat in the diet, and he was focusing on cholesterol, is a cause of heart disease. It was actually novel at that time. I mean, there was reasons to believe it, but it was still novel. He got attacked by two particular scientists named Dr. Hillebrew and Dr. Yerushalmi. Obviously, this is a little area that I studied a lot. And um, rather than go hide and say, you know, maybe I'm wrong, he launched a study in 1958 worldwide called the Seven Countries Study. And he didn't do it alone. He did it with 18 world-famous co investigators all over the world. And they analyzed what people ate and what was in the food they ate and what was the chemical content like cholesterol. And he actually revised his thought. He didn't find much evidence that dietary cholesterol was associated with dying of heart attacks or having a high blood level of blood cholesterol. He actually revised it to say it's saturated fat, which I told you is measured in grams and grams rather than hundreds of milligrams. It's way more a risk in terms of quantity. And he actually, he concluded that dietary cholesterol wasn't much of a factor. Now, the thing is, there is a lot of individual variability. Some of us have a physiology, probably genetic-based, where we will absorb cholesterol very efficiently, but that doesn't work out so well for our blood level of cholesterol. And um, you can do a blood test to find out if you're, it's called a hyperabsorber of cholesterol. And those people actually do well when you put them on a plant-based diet that has no cholesterol. Uh, there actually is a prescription drug, very inexpensive, called ezetimibe that blocks the absorption of cholesterol. But so does fiber. Fiber does the same thing, so you don't have to use a prescription drug. So you can actually find out if you're a hyperabsorber. If you're not a hyperabsorber, there's a small effect on your blood cholesterol and probably a small effect. It's more, though, what foods have cholesterol, animal foods. What's also in animal foods? No fiber, lots of herbicides, pesticides, crap, and lots of saturated fat. So it gets very hard to parse out. I mean, the only two plant-based foods that are rich in cholesterol are coconut oil and palm oil. And most experts believe they are not heart-friendly, although the amount of science out there is not strong. It's clear that if you put a lot of coconut oil in your diet, there's a good chance your blood cholesterol will go up, particularly if you're one of those hyper absorbers. So you can either take a prescription drug and eat your coconut oil or do what I do. I mean, I avoid products that are rich in coconut oil and you know, put coconut oil on your skin, go for it. But putting it in your smoothie or your coffee as some bizarre bloggers have been teaching for a decade. Well, what about, what about, what about Joel, anyone listening here that might kind of go, well, I've got a stent or my father or my brother or my cousin or my husband or my wife or my mother, they've had a stent in or they're on blood pressure medication. What would you like, what is the benefit of like, if someone adopts a whole food plant-based diet and reduces processed foods, animal foods, salt, 
is it likely, like, what, what kind of happens then with people of stents or people on blood pressure medication? Yeah, well, you might live longer. You might have BB, better boners, guys. Um, you might reduce the amount of cholesterol medication, reduce the amount of diabetic medication, reduce the amount of blood pressure medication, and they all have the potential for side effects. You might actually be able to get off some of those, uh, carefully work with your medical doctor, but you can put type 2 diabetes in remission and not need medication with a whole food plant-based diet. I mean, that's clear cut. Uh, you can do the same for blood pressure. It's hard to do it for cholesterol. The thing with cholesterol, our current goals are to bring cholesterol so low if you've had a stent or a heart attack that even the perfect diet, the Esselstyn, no oil, whole food, plant-based, fiber-rich diet and others, just in most people don't hit the target. So most stent patients, even on a great diet, will need a little cholesterol help although there are supplements, the garlic I mentioned and others, but the science still favors a little bit. But I use like ridiculously low dose statin prescriptions because you get the results I need because I combine it with lifestyle. So um, yeah, you know, if you've had a stent, nobody says this to our patients, you're old AF and everybody knows what AF stands for. If you have a stent, your arteries are old. We don't tell a 57 year old man or woman you have an 85-year-old heart, but I'm sorry to tell you, you do. There, There is a concept. We go back to England, and once Ireland was part of England, the UK, um, Thomas Sydenham, MD in the 1600s, you can look him up, S-Y-D-E-N-H-A-M, uh, said you are as old as your arteries. He actually said a man is as old as his arteries, but I like to keep it more uh, universal now. And he was right. I mean, if you've had a stent, you're aging rapidly. And uh, there are ways to measure that for the arteries. I tell people all the time at clinic, we do a little, little ultrasound of the arteries to the brain because it's really simple, but it uses computer quantitative software. So it's also accurate. I tell a lot of 38-year-olds, your arteries are like a 60-year-old, and we are going to work to get that better because it, it can come down. I mean, that's what Dr. Ornish showed in the heart arteries. And now with ultrasound and this fancy CT, we can show it, you know, throughout the body. Yeah. And then, Joel, in terms of, so when we were growing up, heart attacks typically occurred, you know, in people in their probably late 50s, 60s, 70s. It was kind of an older person disease. Whereas nowadays, even in Ireland, I've heard people in their 20s having a heart attack. Like, have you seen a huge decrease in the age with which the heart attacks are occurring? Well, the science confirms it. There's a couple studies in the United States an older one called, the, well, there's actually this interesting observation that in the World War II, Korean War, um, Vietnam War, Desert Storm War, these are United States soldiers that died from trauma, bomb blast, that there was a lot of atherosclerosis in 22, 23 year olds in the military. So we had that data. And there's a couple formal studies, one's called the Bogalusa Heart Study in southern United States and one's called Cardia that are looking at like 20 to 40 year olds find a lot of atherosclerosis often using that carotid ultrasound and then um, now there's a famous study coming out of Madrid that's publishing called PESA PESA study they're taking uh, 45 year old bank workers in Madrid and they're doing ultrasounds and calcium scores and they ultrasound their leg arteries they're finding almost half of these 
asymptomatic 45-year-olds have atherosclerosis identifiable. So I think it's been around for a long time, but I do think it's coming on uh, younger and younger, uh, unfortunately. I mean, the quality of our diet has not improved. Um, stress, maybe Wi-Fi, maybe EMF, may air pollution. Oh my God, if you would have talked to a cardiologist 25 years ago and said, is air pollution a factor in heart attacks? I don't think so. I mean, now are there 300 studies? Is there three studies a month on heart attacks triggering strokes, uh, strokes and heart attacks triggered by air pollution? So, you know, you know, you can run, but you can't hide. It's all over the place. Wow. Okay. Final question, Joe. We've got our happy heart with you starting on February the 22nd, which is very exciting, which is really four weeks to hold people's hand and help them improve their heart health. And it's based on whole food, plant-based diet. What are some of the other pillars for a happy heart? Yeah. So we've talked a lot about nutrition. We've talked uh, a bit about testing. Uh, We've certainly at least called out don't smoke. We've talked about fitness being a core every day. I'm at a standing desk. That's better than sitting. Um, you know, you got 10 minutes, uh, get on a rebounder and jump around. I mean, you got 90 minutes. God bless you. I usually don't have 90 minutes to work out, but I do something every day. We got to talk about sleep. Many of us feel sleep, seven to eight hours, sound sleep. Maybe you wear a watch or a ring, or maybe you just judge it by how you feel. But if you're shortcutting your sleep because of your job or your family or you've got sleep pathology or you actually have what's called sleep apnea because you're snoring, you are going to age much faster, including your heart arteries, clear-cut data. Um, uh, There's even some data about the style of eating. Uh, A lot of people like to skip breakfast. Everybody thinks it's cool and they call it intermittent fasting. But studies come out all the time that uh, breakfast may be the most important meal of the day. And you should probably stack your diet, a reasonable size breakfast, a more modest lunch and a small dinner be done by 6 p.m. You know, don't abuse alcohol. Ireland, the land of Guinness, uh, maybe one or two here or there, but um, don't overuse it. Not clear that that's a heart risk, but it's a health risk. It's an aging risk. Um, dental health, a little bit there. We talked. Is about. there a link between teeth and your heart? Yeah, there's a very strong leak between known or unknown gum infections, um, whether the silver fillings a lot of us got as kids is a major factor. Um, those are called heavy metals, uh, mercury, lead, arsenic. And there's a lot of data, just like air pollution. There's data that millions of people a year die of heart disease due to lead exposure, even though in the United States, lead gasoline, lead paints were um legislated out, but there's still lots of lead out there. Uh, And there's actually a lot of science. I mean, it's not crazy stuff. It's not voodoo, it's science, Uh, but it's hard. You can be tested for it. You know, if your job occupation, I always ask people, you know, what kind of work do they do? Their neighbors spray Roundup to, uh, did they work in a uh, paint factory when they were in high school? You know, these things can matter for health, for fertility issues and for heart issues. So I don't want to get too obscure. I mean, managing stress. We haven't talked a lot about that. You know, you're stressed out, so you eat poorly. You're stressed out, so you sleep poorly. You're stressed out, so you skip the gym. Those are obvious factors. But just stress raising cortisol, stress raising adrenaline, stress raising blood sugar and blood cholesterol and blood pressure. So, you know, whether you do yoga or you meditate or you love music, I love music. I I have music running all the time. What's the favorite? What's your favorite artist? 
Yeah, you know, um, it's it's good. A lot of yoga artists, uh, Krishna Das, beautiful. I like background music that doesn't interfere with my work. So Krishna Das, funny, he's a American Jewish boy who took on an Indian name years ago, and his music is just beautiful. I've never met him, but uh, I listen to it uh, regularly. I like a lot of actually Jewish spiritual music. My patients always say, what are you listening to? And I tell them, you know, you're not going to. But again, I did a Broadway musical. I've had a weird background and it was a uh, on, on that genre of music. And then, you know, like um, John Mayer. I like John Mayer uh, playlists and things like that. I mean, you know, nice. Uh, yeah, um, I, I'll listen to Irish music any day. You give me some good Gaelic music. I'll get fired up. Uh, it's all <laughs> I won't really. Yeah. Uh, you know, beautiful stuff. So, uh, not a lot of hard rock, you know, old rock, but not a lot of hard rock. So, you know, those are probably, you know, I, my first book I wrote, I think it was 2014 was called the whole heart solution. And it really was, it's still in print. It's a good book still. I could update it, but I don't really need to. And it goes through everything like infrared sauna. Yeah. I saw you, I saw you saying it. Any kind of sauna, actually there's data out of Finland. That you know, the more minutes a week you spend in a sauna, just plan on living longer. You know, if you can get it in three times a week for fifteen minutes, fantastic. If you can get it five times a week for thirty minutes, fantastic. Uh, it's crazy data, but you know, it's it's solid data, and then maybe it's unique to Finland, but because uh, they really have a culture built around sitting socially in saunas. That's yeah, their we. We certainly we've got two saunas in our ten in Greystones, and we definitely frequent. Them. And we've At built a kind of a social routine that we'll go every once Sunday or twice evening. A week we go for forty five minutes, and it's just there's a bunch of lads. You and crazy it's ice plungers, you ice yeah. plungers. I uh, oh, it's great. Yeah, when are you I'm coming to visit? When are you any trips to Europe planned? Well, didn't you send me airline tickets to come? <laughs> well, I don't I guess... right now, but you know, the miracle of life, we can make it happen. I've never been to Ireland. I'd love to go to Ireland and uh, see the beautiful sights. Plus, there's a million medical companies in uh, Galway. Yeah. They, they uh, for some reason, some tax breaks or something. There's a lot of uh, cardiology companies out of Ireland. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess there is. We, we've certainly um, done talks, health talks to quite a few of them. So. Yeah. Good, Joe Can. You are wonderful. You the you man, really Joel. Are. If Ooh. anyone can, Joel can. Woo. Take care of your health. Protect your health. It's the number one, you know, gift of life. And you know, don't take it for granted. God knows. Boom. Yep. When you're dead, you can't redo your crazy lifestyle. So control your lifestyle now. Be the VIP of your health. Be the CEO of your health. And that's the thing, the thing with health nowadays is there's so much options. You have to be very intentional about it because if you were just letting, you know, letting things go, you'd just be eating burgers yeah. and chips and chocolate bars and donuts and, you know, sitting around watching Netflix because that's the easy thing to do. So you've got to be quite intentional and you've got to be, discipline is hugely important. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, anyway, Joe, you're the man. Can't wait to start the happy heart with you in the 22nd. And uh, can't yeah. wait. Yeah, I really can't. So I'll, uh, I'll be in touch with you before then. Prayers. Thank you, Joe. Thanks, man. Enjoy Florida. Loads of love. Cheers, Joe. Mind yourself. Bye, bye, bye. While we have you, once a week we write a newsletter. It's called Happier. It's got simple, tried and tested practices to make your life better. 
We include recipes and practices that you can apply on a daily basis to make your life happier. We've had lots of people say before that it's really helped make their life better. So you can sign up on the happypairs.ie, our weekly newsletter called Happier.